basically they want to take thought leaders from small manufacturing, large manufacturing, and couple them with the government and with academics in order to really solve great problems and bring manufacturing and advanced manufacturing into the new age. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts. Business owners, metalworking experts, and guys who get dirty on the factory floor, Jim Carr and Jason Zanger. Now, let's make some chips. Hey, Jim, remember last week we were discussing the Mazak Discover 2015 event? I sure do. Did you register? Yes, I'm going. I will be there on October 27th. I'm really excited to see the latest technology from Mazek. Yeah, it's really cool. Did you know that this is the largest private manufacturing event in North America? Yes, I did just learn that. I'm really looking forward to learning about their new control, the Mazatrol SmoothX CNC. It has a huge touchscreen, just like a big iPad. It is really state-of-the-art. The new generation of manufacturing leaders is really going to enjoy the interface. It looks just like a tablet or a smartphone, so they're really going to love it. I'm telling you, that Smooth X is super sexy. I'd love to have one on my shop floor. I just can't believe how manufacturing is coming of age. It really is. And, you know, I bet you'll have one of those Smooth Xs on your shop floor soon. Hope to. Yeah, you want to share with our listeners how to sign up? Absolutely. Go to mazakusa.com, find the Discover 2015 link, and from there, click register. Enter in your email address, and a Mazak rep will reach out to you soon after. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's October 27th through the 30th and November 3rd through the 5th. I can't wait. Hey, welcome, everybody. We're coming to you today from our beautiful downtown Chicago studio. This is the podcast to equip and inspire manufacturing leaders. We are so glad that you're listening in today. I'm your host, and I've got my co-host here, Jason. How you doing? I'm doing really well, thanks. And we actually have a third member to the Making Chips we team do. here. We do. We absolutely do. You want me to go ahead and introduce him? Yeah, we're yeah. Introduce Ryan. Ryan. Ryan Scanlon has joined the Making Chips community. Ryan comes to us. He is a, a graduate of University of Central Florida in Orlando. He's got a BA in marketing. He's got a music marketing background, and he's also a recording artist. It's going to be great to have him with us. Hi, guys. Hey. hey. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah. Ryan's originally from Chicago. He moved with his family to Orlando when he was 12 years old, Uh, went to college there, and uh, he's back in Chicago living here because of a love of his life who is uh, now attending Columbia College right here in downtown Chicago. So Yeah, and Ryan's basically going to help us get the word out about making chips. So tell us a little bit about that, Ryan. Well, I'd like to use social media to help drive interest towards making chips. That'll work. That'll work. Looking into websites such as Reddit and Quib and alternative social media sites. Yeah, because you listened to a few of our episodes and you felt that you know the word needed to get out. That you know even though we do have a lot of loyal listeners that there are a lot more people in the manufacturing industry that need to hear about making chips. Mm -hmm. I was actually surprised to find that people were already talking about you on Reddit. 
Yeah, which we didn't know about. People were talking no about idea. us. I have no idea what yeah. Reddit was. I don't know if I'd like people talking about me without me knowing about it. <laughs> well, uh, that's why we have Ryan now. He's going to tell us all about it. So why don't we get into the episode? Awesome. So what are we going to be talking about today, Jason? Well, today I want to talk about something that's come up in a lot of conversations that you and I have, which is this whole government private institution that this administration has put together. So It's a little complex, isn't it? It's a little complex and nobody quite understands I know. It, um, it, what it, it's all about. This is definitely not my wheelhouse, but I'm willing to really talk about it. And I, I think a lot of other manufacturers like myself feel the same way. It's alluding to us. You know, we don't really get it or, or what it's all about. So we, we want to demystify all of that. Yeah, so, absolutely. So, so go ahead. You know, collectively, it's called the National Network for Manufacturing Innovation, or NNMI. Love those acronyms. Yeah, well, you know, the government loves acronyms, I and I, I think that they it's intend their to try let's, to confuse let's us. Let's blame it on the government. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of this information you can actually get from manufacturing.gov. So that's where I took a lot of this information, but we just want to deliver to you so that our entire listening base can can understand what the NNMI is all about. So so what, what is that website? I tell you, I mean, if, if I go on there, I, I, you know, I'm a machine shop owner. I want to educate myself a little bit more. Honestly, it's confusing. Is it? Don't bother. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, it I'm really is. I mean, so, just like a lot of other government websites, it, it's it's kind of confusing. So we want to, you know, talk through it a little bit here. And, and if we can get feedback from some of our listeners where they have some added information they want to share with, with everybody else, please, please let us know. What would be the benefit of a machine shop getting involved in a governmental or federal? Let's get into the meat and potatoes of it. Okay, so I, I'm going to go there, but I, I want to kind of um, put some context and tell a story a little bit first. So Jim and I were actually asked to be on a panel discussion at the DMDII. There's another, another acronym. acronym. Another another acronym. And the DMDII is the Digital Manufacturing and Design Innovation Institute. Applaud, applaud, applaud. Excellent. Done well. Next. <laughs> Thank you. Well, what they asked us to be on a panel discussion for smart manufacturing. And the DMDII is, is one of these manufacturing labs located here in Chicago. Absolutely. It's the second of the NNMI labs here in Chicago. And they asked us to be on this panel discussion about smart manufacturing. And what we brought to the table is that we created this podcast, Making Chips, in order for it to be an exchange of ideas, collaboration, and creating a community where small manufacturing companies can talk about smart manufacturing ideas. Because during this panel discussion, the host of the discussion, they talked about all these ideas, all this smart manufacturing. Really high level. Real high I mean, level really stuff. Really high yeah, level. Yeah, yeah. I mean, where they were saving, you know, they saved this company $100 million. Well, you know, you throw a number like that out at us and we're, it, you know, kind of eyes glaze over. Exactly. You know, we want to we talk about where you can kind of bring that down to reality for a small manufacturing company. They and, were receptive to listen to oh, us. Oh, they, lo- they, they loved really it. They really did. Yeah. They wanted they, to know more. They want to know more. We want to talk about where we can get a thousand small manufacturers to save a hundred thousand dollars. Exactly. You know, so we want to utilize those as one of our friends like to say, a big maker idea and bring it down to a small manufacturing company, a small job shop. So in basic terms, the National Network for Manufacturing Innovation, they provide manufacturing research where the industry, which is us, can collaborate with 
what they like to call academia, in order to solve industry-relevant problems. So basically, they want to take thought leaders from small manufacturing, large manufacturing, and couple them with the government and with academics in order to really solve great problems and bring manufacturing and advance manufacturing into the new age. I think you said that well. Thank you. Yeah. The thing is, it seems like a lot of red tape. Oh, it is. It, I mean, you know, that that's just my own personal perspective of the whole thing. But I am really opening up to the idea of getting involved with the DMDII because I have to tell you, when we were there that day, I was super impressed with what I saw. They invested a lot of serious money into that. Oh, there's a lot of money behind this. It it was beautiful. And I have really big high hopes for the success of that institute because I think if the local smaller manual, well, not necessarily local, but of course, local meaning in Chicago, we could we could really leverage it. But I think if we really do get involved, that we can really learn, engage, and grow from it. I mean, the, the possibilities are endless. Yeah, these institutions exist. And I think that this is kind of what you're alluding to, Jim, to lift all ships. So they want to advance the manufacturing industry so that all of the manufacturing companies from a two-man job shop to a multi-country global manufacturing company can all rise up. And you know what? The ones that want to rest on their laurels and not advance themselves, well, they're going to drown. I agree. So I think this is great. It sounds like another podcast. Episode, yeah. Like Grow yeah. or Die. Back Abs- in, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Episode that was... number. I don't know. Look it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go back and figure that out. But yeah, that was a uh, a past episode, Grow or Die. I think it was one of the early ones. So in basic terms, what the NNMI would like to see is for manufacturing companies to collaborate on innovations. So if there's a new innovative process for manufacturing, they want to see the manufacturing companies that operate out of those hubs collaborate with each other in order to help each other um, with those innovations. They want to maximize the research that is done in the manufacturing industry. So as an example, one of the institutes is involved with materials. So of course, they're going to be putting a lot of money into research and developing new materials. And they want to see that happening in a very collaborative manner. You know, in basic terms, they want to share knowledge resources and costs in order to accomplish these things. If there's a challenge that a manufacturing company has, they want to collaborate in order to overcome that challenge. And then time to market. So one of the biggest issues is that, and you know this, Jim, whenever you get a job, um, you know, it's always like, wait, wait, wait. But then as soon as you get the job is, can I have it tomorrow? Absolutely. You know, so if there's a way, as an example, to use data so that these labs can help you to use that data in order to bring the product to market that much quicker, they want to help you to do that. And also, um, which I think is, to me, is pretty much the only reason why the government should be involved in this is to help USA manufacturing companies to compete globally. It's no longer a market where you're concerned about competing with the guy down the street from you in Elk Grove Village. No, it, 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 it's it, a global it, market. It's definitely changed. And, you know, it's so hard. I, you know, I've said this a, a lot of times, and our listeners probably know based on, you know, the culture that I grew up in. It's very hard to change those old school 
principles of sharing and transparency. So when when I hear all these objectives that the government wants us to do, I still think that there's a lot of old school manufacturing companies that just aren't going to want to be that transparent, that aren't going to, you know, they're trying to engage with the smaller shops. And I got to tell you, there's still a lot of small shops out there that don't want to tell people what they're doing. They don't want to tell who their customers are. Well, they don't want to. T- they don't want to share their financials. I know it's changing, Jason, but I think that we haven't quite got there yet. No, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Yeah. I think it's a fantastic program. I'm going to push myself out of my comfort zone to make sure that I am involved with it because what I see in the future of manufacturing is this collaborative space is going to be very successful. Yeah, well, I mean, you're an innovative small manufacturing company. Well, you're you. you're going to be a part of that contingent of manufacturing companies that rise above with the tide. There's going to be some of them that don't want to change. No. We're going to be the ones that drowned. They will. So, they will. They will. Um, yeah, and and I and, think, it may, and it may not be tomorrow, next month, or next year, or even five years, but eventually they will. Yeah. So I think that you're probably going to see this change a little bit in the future. This is kind of one of my predictions that I'm making, but there's a membership way to get involved with these institutes. So you a lot of times you have to pay you know, either with some of them a very heavy fee or with some of them kind of a smaller fee in order to become a member of that right. particular institute. And I hope that that membership level really, you know, comes down to a very low mark so that, you know, your average machining company can really get involved with these institutes. So maybe we could talk about that in a future future episode as well as to you know, what you know we should how do. to do that. We, we should bring in somebody that knows about how these are, the costs add up. And they can share with us how it's tiered. Absolutely. We'll we'll talk about that a little bit. So what I want to do now is I want to step through the different institutes that are actually out there. So these are all institutes that are part of the National Network for Manufacturing Innovation, the NNMI. The DMDII happens to be the one that is local to Jim and I. Right, right here in Goose Island. Right here in Goose Island. All right, so let me step us through all of the different NNMI institutes. And this is in no particular order. So the first one, of course, is the DMDII, which is the Digital Manufacturing and Design Innovation Institute located here in Chicago. And the intention of the DMDII is to encourage American manufacturing companies to use digital manufacturing and design technologies so they could be more efficient and cost effective. So that means in basic terms, capturing data during production in order to be more efficient and cost effective. The second one is called Lyft, and that is out of Detroit, Michigan. And Lyft is the Lightweight Metal Manufacturing Institute. So I've never heard of that one before. Well, there's probably going to be a lot of these that your average person is not familiar with. And that's so, out of Michigan, huh? That's out Lyft? of that's out of okay. Detroit, Michigan. So okay, cool. for that one, think, oh, probably going to be heavy car. So think automotive, air, think automotive airplanes and cars. Yeah, I'm sure. So it's all about using new lightweight metals in order to you know develop those materials and to train people how to implement them into the manufacturing process. Next. The next one is called America Makes, and that's out of Youngstown, Ohio. And the sole focus of of that institute is 3D printing and additive manufacturing. Cool. Love it. The next one is the IACMI. Another acronym. Another acronym, of course, which is out of Knoxville, Tennessee. And that stands for the Institute for Advanced Composites Manufacturing 
innovation. So what that is, is that is the, they're using that institute to develop and adopt cutting edge manufacturing technologies for low cost, energy efficient manufacturing of advanced polymer composites for vehicles, wind turbines, and compressed gas storage. So think when they say advanced polymers, think advanced plastics. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Patricia Miller would know all about that. Exactly. One of our past guests, she was actually twice on the show. So they want to use plastics in place of metals. So I think that one of the things that we're going to see is we're going to see more plastics that are going to need to be machined and that are going to be more competitive with what used to be a metal product because of that institute. Well, it's lightweight, it's cheaper, it's... Exactly. uh, There's a lot of things. And plastics have come a long way. Oh, they've come a long way and they're they're going to only go farther because of the research that they're putting in at places like No, it sounds good. It sounds great. Uh, The the next next one? one is called Power America and that's out of Raleigh, North Carolina. Carolina. The focus of Power America is semiconductors, which I know nothing about. How about you? Um, no, I don't. Okay, great. I'm Let's not going. I'm not going to say I do. No, I don't. How about you, Ryan? You know anything about it? He's he's passing. <laughs> Ryan's passing. Okay, the next one is called Integrative Photonics, which is out of New York, and that has to do with signals, sensors, and the communication between those signals and sensors. So think communication between signals and sensors. Yeah. So I don't know if I were to put this into very, you know, basic terms, think about like all the signals and sensors that are throughout the city. Maybe there's signals and sensors that, you know, take a picture of your car when you're driving by and going too fast. A red light camera. Yeah. Red red light light camera. camera. Yeah. Love those. That's very basic terms. You know, another one might be, okay, here's something applicable to our industry. So one of the technologies that we're looking into is actually using RFID technology in tool crib installations in order to allow a user to just take a product out of the tool crib without telling anybody. And because of the RFID that's within that tool and it on the person's body, it will know. So, you know, there's signals and sensors there. And these are very basic things. I think that what they're probably doing at Integrative Photonics is more advanced than this. But this is, um, you know, just maybe an example of, of signals and sensors. Uh, hopefully I'm correct in, in what I'm saying about this. And then lastly is the Flexible Hybrid Electronics Institute, which is out of San Jose, California. Now there's so they really do have it covered throughout the oh, whole entire North America. Not only not only all of you know, the United States, but they've also covered a lot of different manufacturing sectors. So this is not just about making chips, making metal chips. I mean, this goes way beyond you know the machining community. They've also got a couple institutes that are pending. One is called the Smart Manufacturing, and that has to do with clean energy. And Where then, is that one going to be? I don't know. Okay. And then the next one is called Revolutionary Fibers and Textiles. And I think that it's kind of self-explanatory. So they want to get into, I would assume, and this is just Jason making assumptions here, advanced fibers and textiles. So think maybe your police that are out on the street or your military, maybe your advanced fibers that they would wear during combat situations in order to help them in some way. Like rioting situations where instead of wearing a bulletproof vest, they would have advanced polymers for something like that, right? Perhaps. Yeah. I don't know, but it has to do with fibers and textiles. When do they earmark that those are going to open or don't they? I don't know, Jim. Okay. Interesting. This is the government we're talking about, remember? I know. I know. 
So, okay, so that's all I have. Do you have any questions about this? I would just like to loosely speak about the impressions that I got the day we were at DMDI. Yeah, let, let's walk people through and, when we and, stepped and into here, the facility. And, you know, I, I think all of our listeners know the culture of my business and where I came from, and a little bit of that old school mentality. I have to admit, I was I was intimidated by the DMDII model. I was confused on what they do. I still am a little bit, but I'm really forcing myself to, to get an education and, and to learn how they can help small manufacturers like Car Machine and Tool. But I was impressed, Jason. I was honored, actually. I was humbled to be there that they actually wanted to listen to what I had to say. I agree. And when they did listen, they were interested in what we had to say because it was all this high-level minutiae that they were talking about. And then I was talking about simple philosophies that are going on in my machine shop, and they got interested right away. They got interested when we started talking about this podcast. It was exciting for them because it was new technology in another way that was being shared by relevant manufacturers. I think it's just a cultural change. So you have these people that work for these large manufacturing companies and they really don't understand our side of the business. And they then don't. you look at us and we don't understand their side. So when we got up there and started talking about how we can use some of the technology that they developed and bring it down to the small manufacturing level, they were really interested in hearing about that. Now, the biggest reason that they were interested in hearing about that is because we are part of that supply chain. So Absolutely. the leaner and meaner they need us. They, the leaner and meaner that we could be and however they can help us to get to that point, it's going to help them. It's going to help the supply chain because I would say, you know, the majority of the small manufacturing companies out there are selling to a larger OEM, you know, a John Deere, a Caterpillar, a Ford, a Boeing a Tesla, all those Rolls Royce. Yeah, maybe even Rolls Royce, you know, all those companies, even globally, you know, selling to larger OEMs. So the more efficient and cost effective that they can make us, that they can make your company, the better it's going to be for everybody. I agree. I definitely think this is going to be an ongoing discussion that I know my next year in 2016, I'm going to be much more involved in what the DMDII is doing here in Goose Island, Chicago. And I am going to be thrilled to bring back positive results from what I learn over the next 12 months through my association with the DMDII. So um, I guess we're going to have to benchmark another podcast for uh, the coming months. That's it. I think it's all positive. And quite honestly, I would really, you know, again, Jason and I don't know everything. We're just trying to bring up relevant conversation and open dialogue between him and I. We're trying to bring this to you, the manufacturing executives that we think you should know about. We, we want to equip you so you can better run your business. Absolutely. If you have any thoughts about these new institutes or if you have some additional information that you could share, please reach out to us. Absolutely. You, you might hear from our new guy, Ryan, but we would love to hear from you and we'd love to engage as it relates to um, not only what we discussed in this episode, but any of our past episodes. You bet. I have that phone number. Go for it. 312-725-0245. Call in. We do listen to those messages. And you can also leave uh, comments on our website at makingships.com. Don't forget to follow us on our social sites, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Leave comments, engage. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, we'd love to get your questions. I mean, in a past episode, we did feature caller questions. We'd love to see more of those Yeah, or hear bet. more of those, I you should bet. say. 
What's the most important saying that we've heard in the last 30 years that my dad always said? If you're not making chips, you're not making money. Bam. This podcast exists to improve the manufacturing industry. We want to hear from you, the owners, managers, leaders, and engineers from the metalworking nation. What ideas do you want to share and what keeps you up at night? We want you to take something away from this podcast that you can use to improve your company, your team, and yourself. So let us know what you want to hear, and we'll see you next time on Making Chips. He'll be learning better ways to solve shop floor problems. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. <laughs>